0: يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُلُ O messengers, كُلُوا مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ Eat of the good things. وَعْمَلُوا صَالِحًا And work righteousness. Inni bima تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ Indeed I am of whatever you do, all knowing. يَا أَيُّهَا الرَّسُلُ O messengers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing all of the messengers. But when this ayah was revealed, tell me something. How many messengers were there at that time on the earth? There was only one messenger. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, only him. But this style of the ayah, Ya Rusul, what does it show? That every messenger was given the same instruction at his time. Alright? This is a command that Allah gave to every messenger. So Ya ayyuha Rusul, O Messengers, what is it that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told every messenger? tayyibat You should eat of good pure things. And what kind of actions should you do? Wa'malu saliha. Do amal, that is salih. Why? Why should you eat good and why should you do good? Because inni bima tarmaluna alim, I know whatever you are doing. If the messengers were given this command, then what does it mean? Their nations are included. Right? So if all the messengers were instructed to do this, then what does it mean? This was an instruction for all of mankind. So this is a command also for who? For us. If Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted His messengers to do something, and it's a general command, general instruction, then it means that Allah also wants us to do the same thing. He wants us to follow His messengers. So what are the two things that are mentioned over here? What two commands? First of all, كُلُوا مِنَ tayyibat Eat of the good things. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created many things that we can eat from. Right? But everything that is edible is not equal in terms of nutrition, in terms of health benefits. Right? There is a difference depending on who the person is, right? Where they're living, what season it is. Right? Something may be good for a particular person because he lives in a particular land. But that same food may be harmful for another because he lives in a different place. Right? Or for instance, what suits me is quite possible, something that doesn't suit you. So... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has created different foods. So from the different varieties of foods that Allah has created, what does He tell us? What is it that we should select for ourselves? That which is Tayyib. That which is good. Because remember that Tayyib, what does it mean? That which is clean, pure, good, meaning good quality, and also that which is favorable that which is favorable, that which suits you. So for example, in the Qur'an, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions the winds, right? That wind which is tayyibah. That when you are traveling by sea, and when you get tayyibah, winds, what does that mean? Favorable winds. Meaning winds that are blowing in the direction that you want to go in. It's something that suits you. So likewise, there are certain foods that suit us, and certain foods that don't suit us. And each person should know. Each person should be aware of what they're eating, what they're putting in their bodies. Eat that which is good. And then once you've eaten, what should you do? Go sleep. Yeah? Is that what the ayah tells us? Eat, and then eat more. And then sleep, and then get lazy. And then whatever you don't want to eat, just throw it away, waste it. What does Allah tell us? What's the next part? wa'malu saliha. do that which is good which means that eat for health for energy for strength so that you can do amal don't eat merely for pleasure because in this life you can't eat just for pleasure if you do that you will suffer you understand Like for example, if you really, really love ice cream, and you keep eating ice cream, and you have a whole box, like a small box every night, then what will happen at the end of the week? You wonder, I'm going to the gym every day when nothing's working. Right? So you're eating for pleasure, but it's not helpful. Eating for pleasure is where? In Jannah. It's not in this world. You know why it's in Jannah? Because... At Haud كَوْسَرْ When a person will drink from the water of Haud كَوْسَرْ Alright? What do we learn? That he will never become thirsty again. He will never experience thirst. Which means that any drinking in Jannah is for a need. What is it for? It's for pleasure. Here in this life, we eat for what purpose? What purpose? For strength. For health. Alright? So that we can do something. Because we're here in this life not to enjoy. Why are we here? To do amal. So eat of the good things and then do righteousness. And it's amazing. Eat tayyib and do salih. Eat not just anything. See what you're eating. Select what you're gonna eat. And do not just anything. Select what you're gonna do. What you consume should be of the best quality. And what you produce should also be of good quality. You understand the connection here? Consume what is best and produce what is best. كُلُوا مِنَ الطَّيِّبَاتِ based on where the emphasis is put, we like understand the sentence, right? So like over here, I was thinking about like how it says uh, eat like from good and do good. But like if we put the emphasis on the good, right? So like if you eat good, you'll be able to do good, you know? That's true. That if you eat good, then you'll be able to do good. Because otherwise what will happen? When we eat food that is basically seasoned, salt, sugar and fat, right? Then what energy is it gonna give us? Instead of energy, it's gonna put us to sleep. Then what kind of amal can we do? Zero amal. So much so that we cannot even put our dishes away. Has it ever happened? You eat at the restaurant, all right, you're done eating and you're sitting and you don't feel like getting up. You can't even bother to pick up that tray and just throw the wrappers away. Why is it that people leave everything at their table? Because they don't even have the energy to do that. The food did not give them energy, it drained them of energy. So, min مِنَ tayyibat ṣāliḥa. And why should you do this? Why should you eat consciously and do amal consciously? Why? Because, inni بِمَا تَعْمَلُونَ عَلِيمٌ I am watching you. Allah knows whatever we do. Whatever food we put in our mouth, Whatever we consume and whatever we produce, Allah knows what we're doing. Recently, I was watching this um, lecture by one of doctors, all right, and it was about uh, health and nutrition, right? And they were saying that we can never hide from our body, right? We can never cheat our body. You know, so for example, if you want to eat something that you don't want your mother to find out, what can you do? You can tell her, "Oh, mom, look at that," and then just quickly put a bite in your mouth. Can you do that with your body? Can you do that? You can't. Because whatever you put in your body, your body has to break it down. Your body knows what you're eating. You cannot cheat your body. And I was thinking, yeah, it's a good example, but the fact is that, yes, okay, you can't hide from your body, but you can't hide from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala either. This is just with regards to food, right? You can't hide from your body. But with regards to every other aspect of our life, every single aspect of our life, where and when can we hide from Allah? Nowhere. Inni bima ta'maluna alim. I know whatever you do. So eating good, eating طيب. We learned in one of the previous ayat about شجارة about a particular tree that تنبت بالدهني, that produces a دهن a particular oil which can be used for applying on the body and it can also be used for lamps, all right, as fuel for fire. But there is one more benefit that Allah tells us in that ayah, which is, lil لِلْأَكِلِ It is also a sibil, a coloring, a dip for those who eat. Meaning it is also edible. You can also eat it. So, what are the benefits of olive oil? There are some studies that prove That it has many health benefits So particular diseases It helps cure them Okay, what else? Somebody else It's good for the skin Okay, for the skin So applying it on the skin It's good Hair all right, over there It's good for the buns When you get buns You can apply on it It's good for that Okay What else? Over there Quickly Anybody Um, It's good for uh, To prevent the heart problems Okay What else? It's good for uh, locking in moisture in your hair. Okay, interesting. Cleaner skin. Cleaner? Okay, Cleaner skin Okay, cleansing the skin. What else? It gets rid of stomach pain. Okay, for stomach pain. What else? That's what I was going to say. Like acid in your stomach, it helps settles. Okay, that's clever. Just pass um, the mic around. It takes the effect of uh, poison away. Okay. It slows the aging process. Okay. If you apply it on blisters, they'll help. Okay, that's, that's true. It really helps. I've experienced it. That if you have a cut anywhere, a burn anywhere, and you apply olive oil, it's actually quite soothing, and inshallah it will cure pretty fast. Because, you know, in the Quran, Allah says about olive oil, that even though it has not been touched by fire, alright? Still, it glows. Meaning it has benefit when it is raw. Uncooked. Alright? Go ahead. It's good for anti-aging like if you put it on your skin. Okay. So take the mic on this side please. And maybe somewhere to the back also. It's good for your earwax to clean out the earwax from your ear. Jazakillah khayran. That is very helpful. It is. So anybody who's raising their hand over there. It is good for the memory and Alzheimer. Okay. Yeah, it's good for blood pressure. Okay. Did anybody find anything negative about olive oil? That olive oil can like, um, like it has too much cholesterol in it. Okay. Anything else? If you didn't find anything negative, you did not do your research properly. Hmm? Because if you just type on YouTube, olive oil... One of the first few videos that you will find are about the fact that olive oil is not good for you. Okay? Now, you know why they say it's not good for you? Because we overeat everything. Everything. We eat more than we need. We do israf. And Allah says, Kulu washrabu This is our problem. If we find out olive oil is good for you, what do we do? On our salad, three tablespoons of olive oil. Okay? Yeah, olive oil is good for you. Cook in it. Yeah, exactly. There should be like ten tablespoons of oil in our food. Right? Everything has too much oil in it. This is why then olive oil is not good for you either. When you do it in? Israf. Right? Because if you look at the ayah, what does Allah say? lil لِلْأَكِلِينَ Just a dip. Meaning just a tad bit is enough. A little bit is okay. And if you take everything in moderation, inshallah, it is helpful. But once you go beyond the limits of moderation, then what happens? Instead of beneficial, it becomes harmful. Right? So, min مِنَ tayyibat Eat of the good things. Which means, first and foremost, that we should know what we are eating. What are we eating? What are we consuming? Because many times we just eat without even thinking what it is. The maximum we check is, is it halal? Okay, it's halal. Just eat. Yeah, so and so told me it's halal. Just eat it. There was a workshop that was held at al Huda, Spices, by the sisters who are promoting health awareness, right, amongst Muslim women especially. So in that, I learned three things. That if you want to know if something is good for you or not, check. First of all, did it come from the farm or did it come from the factory? Where was it made? Farm or factory? Secondly, check the ingredients. Are there any words that you cannot read? Any words the meaning of which you don't know? Mysterious ingredients, numbers and codes, all right? And even if they're not there, words that we cannot even pronounce, we have no idea what they are. So if it has mysterious ingredients, it's not healthy. Thirdly, check the nutritional value. How much fat does it have? How much sugar does it have? If the first, second or third ingredient is sugar, it's not worth eating. So check the snacks that you give to children. Or check the snacks that you keep in your bag. What are the ingredients? The first ingredient, the second ingredient, the third ingredient. Even when it comes to juice, how much sugar does it have? And if it is in a package, it is sweet, and it says no sugar, it's worse. Because it's not sugar then, what is it? Some other chemical. Some other chemical. Right? Which is gonna be worse for you. So just three things if you can remember. Alhamdulillah, this is really helpful at my house, with children. Alright? That if you wanna convince them not to eat something, this is what we go for. Where was it? Where did it come from? From the factory or from the farm? Secondly, Mysterious ingredients. Are there any mysterious ingredients? And thirdly, is there sugar in here? How much sugar is it? Go ahead. Especially at younger ages. And the causes for that is everything that children eat nowadays is full of sugar. Like even if it's not what it's meant to be, not like the snack is what it's supposed to be, they're all full of sugar. And so there's a whole, like obviously the children have so much more energy when they go to school. Exactly. I mean, who thinks yogurt is good for you? Who thinks yogurt is good for you? Everybody agrees, right? Yogurt is good for you. But sometimes we want sweet yogurt. Right? And we think, oh, if it's in little boxes, and it's flavored, everybody will eat it. Okay. Read what that yogurt box says. What is it made from? Skim milk. It's made from skim milk. What's the next ingredient? Sugar. What's the next ingredient? Something else that you cannot read. Right? If it has a paragraph of ingredients, it's not worth eating. Because yogurt technically should only have two or three things in it, maximum. Not more than that. So, eat of the good things. Because if you don't watch what you eat, then what will happen? You cannot do عمل Salih. You cannot do عمل Salih. Because if our health is poor, then how much energy will we have? How can we wake up for fajr on time? How can we have a restful sleep? How can we fast properly, regularly? It's not possible. You know, if you look at the Prophet ﷺ's life, how old was he when he received prophethood? Hmm? 40. Alright. How long did he stay in Makkah? How many years? In the 14th year he did hijrah. So how old was he when he did hijrah? 54. 54 when he did hijrah. Anybody in their 50s here? Okay. You don't have to tell me. But generally what happens is that when a person hits their 50s, they think... I'm so old. I need to retire. Right? I can't do this and I can't do that. This Ramadan, I don't think I should be fasting. The Prophet Wasallam started fasting the month of Ramadan after 54. After 54. Alright? And he was in Medina for about 10 years. And then he passed away. So what does it mean? All the major battle, all the battles in fact, that the Prophet Wasallam participated in, he was in his 50s, and 60s. 50s and 60s. The Prophet ﷺ was strong. He was healthy. This is why he said, Al Mu'minul المؤمن القوي خير وأحب إلى الله من المؤمن الضعيف وفي كل خير That the strong believer is more beloved to Allah and better before Allah than the weak believer. But in each is good. Meaning both are good. The strong believer is good and the weak believer is good. Because both of them have iman. But the strong believer is better. Why? Why is he better? He's got more muscles. She's skinnier. What makes her better? What makes him better? Because they have more energy, more strength. They can accomplish more. They can do more. Right? Because the healthier you are, the longer you will live. In the sense that, If that is decreed for you, you will live longer, right? You're not gonna be dying of you know, some disease and sick with that disease for such a long time. And that is also up to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because sometimes a person thinks they're very healthy, they're making sure that they're perfectly fine, but still they get sick. But anyway, generally what happens, generally what happens, that the healthier you are, the longer you live, right? So you can accomplish more. Remember that in the hadith we learned that once there was a sahabi who passed away. One companion, he passed away. And he died as a shaheed. And another companion died a year later. And somebody saw in their dream that the one who died later entered Jannah first. You understand? The one who died later entered Jannah first. And the Prophet said that, yeah, because the one who lived longer, he had a whole year of salawat, of prayers. That the person who died before him did not pray. He had one year, one extra year of good deeds. One extra year of good deeds. And this is why his entry into Jannah came first. Health is an asset. As long as we're healthy, we can do something. Because think about it, when we're sick, can we even do dhikr? It's difficult. Because a person tries to do dhikr, but what happens? They fall asleep. Can you pray properly? Can you do your sunnah? Can you go about and do your regular activities? You can't. Sickness slows you down. Old age slows you down. This is why the Prophet said, take benefit of five before five. And one of them is what? Health before? Sickness. And life before? Death. So the Prophets of Allah were commanded. Kuloo min salihah. Inni bima alim. I know what you are doing. And indeed, this is your ummah, your religion, your community, ummatan waqida, one religion. All of the prophets were upon one religion, one religion. And what was that? Of Tawhid. Every prophet, his call was to Allah. Ya Pawm, اللَّهِ O my people, worship Allah. So wa inna havihi ummatukum ummatan waahida. Wa ana rabbukum. And I am your Lord. Fattakuni. So fear me. Fear me. Fulfill the purpose of your existence. What is the purpose of our existence? Worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is what the messengers reminded their people of. So fear Allah and remain firm. Fataqatta'u. But what happened? They cut up. They split up. The قطر from قَاف, طا, عين, قطر What does قطر mean? To cut something off. And the قطر is to cut it to pieces. So the people of the messengers, what did they do? The nations, what did they do? They cut up. They divided. Amrahum their affair. Which affair? Of religion. Meaning the matter of religion. They cut it up. بَيْنَهُمْ between them zubura into pieces. Zubur is a plural of Zubrah. And zubrah is used for a large piece or a large sheet of iron. Large piece or sheet of iron. So they broke up the religion into what? Into pieces. So imagine a building, a structure, and somebody comes and breaks it down, and each individual comes and takes one big piece of something. They cut up the religion into pieces. Zuburan is also the plural of Zabur. And what is Zabur? Sheet. So they cut it up into sheets. So imagine a book. And the binding is taken off. What do you have? Loose sheets. So each individual comes and takes one sheet, one paper. Alright? So this is what the people did. They destroyed the structure of religion. They broke it up. They divided up. The prophets brought one religion. They brought one message. Ummatan it's one religion. But what happened over time? That the people divided the religion and turned into sects, into different groups. And has hizbin, every group, bima ladayhim, with what they have, farihun, ones who rejoice. they are very happy with the piece of iron that they have, or with the sheet that they have. Just imagine, a beautiful structure, a beautiful house. It's broken down. Alright? And everybody comes and takes one piece of it. And somebody has a broken door, and they're like, yeah, you know, best door ever. I have the best thing, I have the best thing. What good is that broken door? If there was a book that was ripped apart, and each person took one sheet, and he has one sheet, what good is it? It's incomplete. It's not of much benefit. You don't know what was before it, you don't know what was after it, it's out of context. You don't know it. You don't even fully understand it. It's meaningless. What is being implied over here? That when the people divided up amongst themselves, what did they do? They took parts of the religion and they adhered only to those parts and they abandoned the rest of the religion. And whatever part they're holding on to, they're clinging to, they're very happy about it, thinking that they're doing the best thing ever. This ayah is basically talking about the Yahud and the Nasara, right? Because we learned about them, Do you believe in parts of the book and you disbelieve in others? Because this is what they did. Whatever suited their desires, whatever they liked, they held on to it. They practiced it. And whatever they found difficult, they left it. And when they did that, Over time, what happened? One nation turned into many nations, many groups, many sects. But this is not just limited to Yahud and Nasara. Look at our state today. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the Qur'an and the sunnah. If a person says, no sunnah, only Qur'an, and they're very happy about the fact that they're following the Qur'an, they believe in the Qur'an. Do they have the complete deen? They don't. But they're very happy about what they're doing. Right? Likewise, some people say, Oh, there is no need to spend on your Hajj and your Umrah and your Udhiyah and all of this. You should serve the poor and the needy. No need to spend your time in praying and fasting. What's a better good deed is that you serve humanity. Okay, that is good also. But you cannot take bits and pieces of the deen. You have to take the whole religion. كُلُّ حِزْبٍ بِمَا لَدَيْهِمْ Each person, each group is very happy with what they have. Allah says, فَدَرْهُمْ Just leave them. فِي In their confusion. حَتَّى Until a time. Leave them. Don't bother talking to them. Why? Because when a person is like this, that he's only holding on to a part of the religion, and he thinks he's doing the best and he's the only one who is upon the truth, then what happens? It's difficult to even have a discussion with these people. When a person is on falsehood, believing that it is haq, and he's so firm on it, he looks down on all the rest of the people, and he thinks he's the only one who's rightly guided. Can you even have a conversation with them? Can you even have a discussion with them? No, you can't. Because immediately they look down on you. The Prophet ﷺ, he faced a very similar challenge in Makkah, Because the people of Makkah they considered themselves as the best of the best. They said, we are Quraysh, we are Adnanis, our lineage goes back all the way to Ismail, to Ibrahim, we are children of Ibrahim. And in addition to that, the Kaaba, the house of Allah, we take care of it, we are its custodians. The hujjaj that come, we serve them, we do everything, we are the best. And this Quran you're talking about, we don't have any need of it. This message that you brought, we don't need it. We are perfectly fine. They did not even want to listen to the Prophet ﷺ. So what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Fadarhum, just leave them. Fi ghamratihim in their ghamra. Hatta hinn. What is ghamra? Ghamra is from the root letters ghain, mim, and ghamra is basically a large and deep body of water. So just imagine a lake, okay, huge. And deep, So deep that if you throw a stone, you don't know how far it has gone. Have you ever seen a well? A well, right? You throw something in it and you wait to hear when is it going to reach the end? And you can't even tell how deep it is. It's so deep. So leave them in their غمرة. غمرة is used for misguidance, for ignorance, for غفلة, heedlessness a state in which a person claims to know, but he doesn't actually know. So leave them in their ghamra. It's as if they're drowned. Leave them. You can't even explain anything to them because they're not willing to listen. They're not willing to come out of that depth, out of that water. They're not willing to look up. They're not willing to look around. They think that that water is the only thing. They think their world is the only world. They think their life is the best. You know, for instance, there's a story that is narrated about a frog. Right? A frog that lived in a well. And the frog thought that that well was the whole world. Right? And he thought that it was the only place, it was the best place, that water was the best water. For him, the entire world was just the well. And this is how many people think. The only haq is what I am in. The only world is what I am living in. I am the best. I am upon truth. Allah says, Do they think? أنما, that indeed that which به, We are extending them of. from the root letters دال دال. is to stretch, to lengthen something. Do they think that whatever we are lengthening for them, meaning whatever we are giving more of to them, what are we giving them more of? Mimmalin Of wealth, wabaneen And children. Because the mushrikeen of Makkah, the people of Makkah, they were wealthy. Look at the Quraysh. They were well off. They had power, they had money, they had everything they wanted. Influence, authority. And they thought, we have all of this because we are doing right. We are upon the truth. Because if we were wrong, then Allah would be unhappy with us. And if He was unhappy with us, He wouldn't have given us all of this. He would have punished us. And many times people think like this, If I am wrong, how come I am successful? If I am wrong, how come I've got money? If I am wrong, how come my body is healthy? Allah says, Sabuna." Do they think... وبنين, that whatever we are extending to them of wealth and children, do they think that نُسَارِعُ لَهُمْ فِي الْخَيْرَاتِ that we are hastening for them في الْخَيْرَاتِ in good things نُسَارِعُ سين رعين, to bring quickly that we are giving them good things so quickly. Meaning in this world, good things refers to what wealth children, right? The influence, the power, success that they're enjoying. In other words, do they think that they have all of this because we are rewarding them? Because many people think that if I have health, if I have money, if I have success, if I have a happy married life, if I have good children, I'm being rewarded. I am being rewarded. How do we know it's a reward? It could very well be A huge test. In fact, every blessing is a test, isn't it? So they think that this is all reward. Do they think they're being rewarded? Allah says, "Balla yashurun." Rather, they do not perceive. They do not understand. This is not reward. They're not being rewarded. This is istidraj. What is istidraj? That when Allah Subhanahu wa Taala gives time to a person, He doesn't punish them immediately. He lets them enjoy. And then he lets them have a few more breaths, and a few more days, and a few more chances. And then finally, their term comes to an end. So the people of Makkah, they thought, Allah must be happy with them. In Surah Ali' Imran, Ayah 178 also we learn, kafaroo annama numli li anfusihim." That, Those who disbelieve, they should never think that what we're extending to them of enjoyment is good for them. No, it's not good for them. This enjoyment that they're experiencing, it's not good. Who said it's good? So it's as if we're being shaken, wake up. Just because you're having a good time in your life doesn't mean that Allah is happy with you. Good time in this life is not necessarily reward. Fir'aun also had the best time in his life. You ask any person who does something haram, who does something good, did they like it? Did they enjoy it? Of course. How was that drink? How was that zina? How was that party? How was that haram? It was good. It was fun. Why was it fun? Why was it good? Because Allah approves of it? No. They do not understand. This is not reward. This is just time that Allah is giving you. So that perhaps you may wake up. Innal indeed those who whom they min rabbihim from the fear of their Lord mushfiqoon they are apprehensive. Lord of mushfiq, who is mushfiq? One who is in Ishfaq, shin faqaf, fear. But this is fear that is mixed with love, respect, genuine fear. They and khashiya is what kind of fear? That is based on knowledge. They know their Lord, they recognize Allah, they are in awe of His greatness, and because of that they're apprehensive, they're not negligent, they're not heedless. and those who Humbe Bi Ayati they believe in the signs and the verses of their Lord. وَالَّذِينَ هُمْ And those who بِرَبِّهِمْ لَا يُشْرِكُونَ With their Lord, they do not associate partners, neither major shirk nor minor shirk. وَالَّذِينَ يُؤْتُونَ مَا آتَوْ And those who give whatever they give. They give whatever they give, in charity or in action that they're doing. No matter what good they do, what is the state of their heart? وَقُلُوبُهُمْ وَجِلًا their hearts are wajila. Wajila waujimla. Trembling. Trembling inside. Why are their hearts trembling when they're giving charity? Or when they're performing a good deed? Why are their hearts trembling? Annahum ila rabbihim raji'un. This realization that indeed they to their Lord will return. They're going back to Allah. And no matter what they have done is not sufficient. No matter what they have done is not good enough. There is always a need to do more. Aisha anha, when she heard these ayat, she asked the Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Are these verses about people who do sin and this is why they're afraid? The Prophet, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, said, No. O daughter of As-Siddiq, they are ones who pray and fast and give in charity while fearing that it will not be accepted from them. This is why their hearts are trembling. They're afraid that it might not be accepted. They're afraid that what they're doing is not good enough. They're not satisfied with their accomplishments. They realize there is a need for improvement. There is a need to do more. So what happens? Those are the ones who hasten in good deeds, meaning they do not delay performing good deeds. And they for it ones who get ahead of others ones who outstrip others meaning they're the first ones to do it so first of all they're not lazy and secondly they're the first ones to do it why are they ahead in doing good? because they realize whatever they have done is not enough there is a need for improvement you see there was a companion by the name of Khabab bin Al-Arat radiyallahu anhu and I told you his story once before right? that how he was a slave and how the woman, she used to torture him, physically abuse him. This sahabi, many years later, after the Prophet ﷺ, many years later, he was on his deathbed, close to dying. And he was afraid, he was crying. And the people said, why are you feeling like that? You were one of the first people to accept Islam. You did hijrah. You were with the Prophet alaihi And for all of these years, you did this and this and this good. Why are you afraid? He said that, there were those amongst us, like Mus'ab ibn Rumair, who did what they did for Islam. Mus'ab ibn Rumair, first teacher in Medina, the one who brought Islam to Medina. And what happened? He died at Uhud. And when he died, there was not even enough cloth to cover his body with. When we covered his head, his feet were exposed. When we covered his feet, his head was exposed. So we covered his feet with some grass. That is how we buried him. So he will get his ajr in Jannah, inshallah, in the hereafter. But then there are us, we, who lived on. And we reaped the fruits of our labor here. We suffered initially, but then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded us. Here, He gave us good here. And I am afraid that what if I have consumed all of my reward here? What if nothing awaits me in the hereafter? You see how the Sahaba thought? If they received good here, they considered that to be a liability. They got stressed out. They got worried. That perhaps this means there will be no more good afterwards. Perhaps we're getting ajar for our deeds now. Allah says, fil khayrat. الْخَيْرَاتِ They're the ones who get ahead. Those who are not satisfied with whatever they have done. They realize there's a need to do more. You know, recently I learned that whoever wishes to teach must never cease to learn. We think, okay, I have this degree, I've studied this much, now I'm perfect. I don't need to increase. I don't need to learn more. I don't need to do this and this. Yeah, ten years ago I did this. And five years ago I gave sadaqah. And you know, three years ago I fasted in the month of Ramadan. And yes, I did this and I've done enough. No, we've never done enough. There's always a need to do more. And such people who realize there's a need for more, they keep going forward. They keep excelling. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make us amongst those who are greedy for khair.